0: On this episode of AV Week, more standards and alliances show up for AV over IP, micro LED and OLED developments, and the importance of digital signage during COVID-19. All that and more, next on AV Week.
1: The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is is AV AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation.
0: This is AV Week, episode 480, recorded Friday, October 30th, 2020. No more standing. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by
2: Extron,
1: industry-leading technology backed by world-class support. And by Peerless AV, driving technology through innovation
0: this is av week your weekly wrap-up of audio visual news and information my name is Tim albright i am your host with us to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week first and foremost kate calderon from bogan welcome ma'am
3: thanks for having me
0: absolutely uh just on the other side of the state for me and my new favorite blues fan uh erica williams welcome ma'am
1: hello uh
0: my least favorite um uh boston bruins fan or just boston fan in general Craig McCormick, how are you, sir?
2: With a rousing endorsement like that, how can I
0: not be good? Are you a Tampa fan, by the way, yet? Are you a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan yet? No. Okay. No. All right. If you don't know, Tom Brady, the only reason that the Patriots have any sort of, you know, uh, legacy is is now playing for Tampa. So, uh, And last but not least, a fellow uh, Bears fan, but also, a, 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 a unfortunately, a Cubs fan, Mr. Brad Grimes. Welcome, sir.
4: Thanks, Tim. Good, good to be here
0: absolutely uh now that we've gotten all the sports stuff out of the way do i'm just excited that freaking football's going and and you know the bears are i've only lost two games how many of the patriots lost uh i can't count that high yeah that's typically for, for for uh chicago so all right first story uh actually comes to us from mr craig mccormick and commercial integrator how digital science has grown in importance because of covid19 Uh, We're talking about this for a couple of different reasons. Honestly, Um, number one, not for nothing, but uh, Avixa has partnered with the DSF, the Digital Science Federation. You listened a couple of weeks ago and actually to this month's uh, Digital Science Digest, the DSC, the Digital Science Expo, has folded. Uh, The uh, Expo Nation, the company that ran that, has filed for bankruptcy. Um, You can check all that out uh, in various shows. You can check that out on Craig's um, site as well. So digital signage is. I'm not going to say they don't have a home right now, but they there's several folks that are that are out there trying to you know, create content. Avix is doing an event, uh, a, a virtual event in December. Uh, we're partnering with with Future on an event we're doing in March. Um, Craig and, and his team are doing uh, you know their virtual event in November, December that, December in December. Yep. Um, so the Total Tech Summit, uh, which would have been in person, is 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 virtual now. So lots of folks are, are, are trying to serve this community, which is, is, has been robust, right, has been uh, out there. But Craig, when you, when you start looking at digital signage and how it's able to help not only integrators, but also the retail establishments and the folks that are trying to get people back in, into, this, into the spaces, what are you finding as far as ways that, that the signage community and, the, and the, not only the, the hardware, but also the, the creatives can help during this crisis?
2: um i think one of the biggest changes that we've seen is 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 in a lot of ways digital signage for a long time was was pretty passive i mean you you saw it and you noticed it and obviously it caught your attention but it it wasn't necessarily always there to to give you information it was more there to attract your attention and you know maybe catch your eye on on a sale or some something like that and, and now it's changed quite a bit as most things have these days in the last eight months or so um i think it's more about providing information and giving people you know updates on on what is actually going on within a building or you know at a school or you know in in, in an office building or, or something like that it's it's telling people you know it's it's safe to come in here or you need to do this to make sure that you're safe that that sort of thing so i, I think that's kind of been the the biggest change and then the biggest way that it's it's different now
0: Kate one of the areas that Craig points out are, is ways to entice people to come back in, right? Whether that's a rewards program, uh, it's a frequent buyer, frequent buyer program and a frequent frequent um, you know attendee program. When it comes to connecting with with clients and 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 with with you know customers, what are some of the ways that you're seeing that that digital signage is able to do that to to kind of entice people back in? To
3: entice people back in, I'm seeing it more as a communication side of everything, that's how I personally have been seeing it. Um, mostly with uh, public communication. Like we were just in Chicago um, last weekend and it's been five years since I've been in Chicago. And I was driving around the downtown area at night and commented, dang, look at all this digital signage. that's here now. I don't remember it ever being um, quite at this capacity than it was just a few years ago even um, used you know in uh, the bus stops even and uh, just multiple signs uh, everywhere and I saw obviously thanks to COVID um, they're using it you know for communication and reminders of social distancing and then also a lot of um, stores as reminders because a lot of things have been locked down and boarded up um, but retailers are also trying to get customers in by telling them exactly where, which direction to go into the store. Because again, a lot of things are boarded up and not open like they used to be. Um, and they were having different ways to enter into, into stores. Um, so personally, I've been seeing it more used as directional um, for digital signage too.
0: Brian, from your perspective and your vantage point, what are you saying that the biggest, uh, the biggest use case, I guess, uh, for signage out there, whether it's an indoor signage or outdoor signage, uh, during COVID?
4: I mean, well, use cases will will change. I mean, obviously, the message you communicate is uh, relevant to the time you're in and the circumstances you're in. What what, what I'm seeing or what I'm I, I think is important is more the technology and the design now, right? Because when you create digital signage in in an indoor space, it needs to be able to communicate its message safely. And that's not just, I mean, you need to have a sign that's viewable from multiple angles because you need people, you don't want everybody gathering right in front of your screen to see your message because that defeats the social distancing purposes. So you need to start looking in terms of the size of your messaging, the size of your digital signage, the technology that you uh, I mean, there's a lot of direct-view LED now coming that's that's usable indoors, that's bright under a lot of circumstances, that can be viewed um, from distance. Uh, the last thing you want is digital signage where everyone has to get up, you know, right near it in order to to get the message. So you know, messages, communications, you know, whatever you're trying to get across will will change over time. Communicating is a is a core use case that will will last well beyond COVID. But in the short term, you really do need to think about the design of a digital signage platform to ensure that uh, it does its job safely.
0: Eric, I want to take a little bit different approach to this. We are watching a number of applications uh, and solutions during Uh, COVID-19. I'm not going to say put on rose-colored glasses here. Yes, it's a pandemic and yes, it's serious. However, this is not going to last forever. Uh, at least I don't believe it is. So let's at least be somewhat uh, optimistic here. What are ways that we can help our clients and help the customers leverage what they may be putting in place today for COVID-19 and, and for a very good reason, but also to make sure that that's, that's available and, and that's that can be reused I guess, or repurposed once this pandemic is over for whether that's you know other digital signage or other communications tools to make sure that, that when we design these systems, it's not just for covid but it can be used and leveraged for you know further down the road
1: i think one of the big things that you're going to see is an approach from convenience you know in in the during this covid time things are changing quickly. Rules are changing quickly. And it's only going to be a matter of time before you know they change it. Oh, you're not supposed to be six feet apart. You can be you know, X amount of feet apart. And teams are going to start to realize that the printing off the paper, the laminating it, the posting it, and all that stuff is going to be more repetitious. And it's going to get old really quick. And going with the digital signage type system, you just got to update a single letter on a graphic and throw it back up there. So the convenience is going to be really good. And they're going to see that, Oh, wow. Well, this is really easy to use. And, you know, we're going to start having people come back in and, you know, we can throw up together a graphic really quick and then it's up there, or we'd have a new announcement to make, and they're going to see that convenience and the ease of use. And that's going to make them want to commit to it. And it, you know, it's on us to show them that, yeah, this system really is this easy. And, you know, as we, you know, I don't want to say simplify things more, but as we go more over the network, it's, you know, running a patch cable to get that that going. And it's overall convenience and ease of use, I yeah, guess absolutely. you can come back to. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And it, and it, again, gives them the opportunity to repurpose it. And I like that, the whole, you know, let's run a patch cable to it. And let's get it going. Speaking of patch cables and cables in general, the OCA uh, Alliance is a nonprofit trade association designed to promote and support the AES 70 standard for open control architecture or OCA. They have um, launched a new learning resource center. And uh, if you're not familiar with OCA, it is uh, another um, AV over IP uh, standard body, uh, I guess is the best way to put that. Uh, Kate, when it comes to AV over IP in general, um, and, and there are a number of flavors of AV over IP, a uh, number of solutions, how important is it for groups like this to, to have, you know, not just education resources, but the ability to get out to their uh, not just members, but also, you know, engineers and technicians to let them understand exactly how this specific version of AV for IP differs from maybe a, a, a competing one.
3: I think it's really important. It's interesting because I had an hour-long conversation with two members of our engineering team here this morning trying to understand exactly, you know, how this works with our systems and um, how this impacts the industry as a whole. And while it tech, technology-wise, it's a little bit over my head and learning how all of this works together and everything fits together, um, I think it's really important to have these types of uh, organizations in place to make sure that no matter what manufacturer necessarily is being installed, that it's something universal that everyone is easily able to use. At the same time, one of the um, engineer's um, comments uh, when I was talking about this was, you don't want to have too many um, of these in place because then it starts creating, what did he call it, a walled garden. So all of the, um, you can... Uh, I don't know, get into uh, some boundaries and and have to figure out how to work with different standards when there's multiple standards trying to work together in the same system.
0: Yeah, Mr. Grimes, you're sitting there shaking your head. So I'll just give, <laughs> let you go off and, and continue this conversation. You're, you're shaking your head about having too many of these and, and creating a wall garden. Like Kate said, she's not wrong. You know, It, it is very possible to do that.
4: Oh yeah, I completely agree with Kate. Um, it's It continues to be one of the the challenges that this industry faces is um, so many standards. I mean, so many different ways that you can accomplish AV over IP or any any other thing. I mean, it's it's great that we continue to develop these technologies, and um, but at the end of the day, um, yeah, you, you have to chuckle sometimes at all the different ways that you can do something standard. Um, And and that's, that will, will always uh, look to, that will always be a challenge and the IT industry, which, um, does standards, you know, somewhat differently, um, uh, you know, looks and says, you know, we've got these five different standards and five ways of doing AV over this, over this IP network, um, you know, call us when you can figure it out, uh, kind of thing. But, um, know the technology is great clearly a site like this needs to exist because i need to go on it and and figure out what it means um and how it plays with the other ones but 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 kate's right and her engineers are right there there are a lot of these things out there and um and we continue to try to figure out what is the one best way to do this um for us and for the it industry that that expects us to to deliver
0: yeah all right, Erica, is there one best way to do that? Or, or do we, I, I almost asked, uh, I almost asked you, do we need another one, right? Do we need another standard? Because Brad's right. I mean, there, there are the old joke and it is an old, old joke is the best thing about AB standards uh, is that there are so many to choose from. Um, so, you know, it. you know <laughs> it's not even my joke, right? I, I heard it Lord, probably 20 years ago now. Um, so do we need another one? I mean, and, and, and when a new one comes along like this, how much energy and how much effort should we put into, to learning about it?
1: Uh, that's, that's a really good question. <laughs> um, I, I, I like to keep things simple. You know, I, I don't like to put a lot of options on the table. I don't like people to give me a lot of options. So I'm going to say no, no more standards. The only exception to that maybe would be to merge some together and you know everybody to start playing together more nicely and everybody getting along because you know like Brad said it it also affects the communication with the IT side and and influences those decisions made there and if you start throwing out a whole bunch of stuff then there's just going to cause more tension and I mean, I think it's good for resources to exist, obviously, because you have to be able to look it up. You have to know what you're getting yourself into. You have to know if, you know, the manufacturers need to know, I need to make this play here. I need to make this play here. And so it should exist, but we should just stay where we're at right now. All
0: right. Mr. McCormick, I beat you on your on your uh, your, your joke there. So I'll give you the last one on this story. You know, when you look at stuff like this, you know, um, I, I guess the same kind of question is, is how much energy should should those of us who who cover the industry uh, give to new standards? You know, and granted, this is more control and monitoring this specific standard, but it is, you know, it is, you know looking at, you know, AV and, and the control over the IP and over the IT network.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's obviously something to be said for, you know, competition in the av industry among manufacturers and having you know different products that maybe do the same things and letting people choose them but when it comes to groups like this i i don't understand why there needs to be so many of them and why they can't figure out a way to work together and and, you know have one standard rather than five standards or or whatever the number becomes because it it, i think in some ways it's self-defeating it gets confusing and and people maybe don't know which direction to go and maybe figure out another way to solve their problem
0: absolutely all right uh last story here comes to us from our friends over at uh, av magazine last story and a half because i'm going to mention something about oled Uh, that my buddy uh, Dawn, me, and I kind of geeked out over. But this is sort of kind of in that realm. One of the neatest things to come out of of Infocom Connected for me personally was a company called Glam Media Glass, G-L-A-A-M Media Glass. And they've got their first um, first, uh, installation here. Um, And what Glam is, is it is a piece of media glass. It's a piece of weatherproof glass with built-in um, micro LEDs. Uh, if you follow the link here, it'll take you to to, to AV Magazine and show you some in, uh, installations of it. Um, but they are now, you know, um, c- coming to the US. They got their first, um, they got their first two installations. And, and Brad, I want to start with you on this. We've kind of talked about you know digital signage. Um, this is kind of a, a version of that, but also um, a, com- a competitor to uh, projection mapping on onto on buildings where. You are building structures based out of, of glass with built-in technology. So you start looking at, at installations like this. What are some of the, the opportunities, I guess, is the best way to ask this, uh, for folks that are trying to create unique experiences, not just during COVID, but also as we're we're moving out of it?
4: Um, well, I, I suspect there are a lot of uh, opportunities. And, and the reason the technology is like this is so great, um, is that it is another tool in the designer's toolbox. I mean, to me, it's always I've always talked about um, AV technology and technologies as you know the modeling clays, the paint brushes in um, a designer's uh, kit, um, because the more you ha- the more they have, the more the options they have to present a solution or an experience uh, to the end user. Um, you know, this, this could clearly, you know, I, I see lobby installations and, you know, I, I see um, external walls. I see, you know, showcase spaces using things like this. Um, but really, uh, the AV industry is great at taking these materials and coming up with unique installations based on what they're hearing a customer tell them. Um, and every, cu- every customer story is really discreet and, um, and different. Um, and you know, when AV designers, consultants, integrators sit down with them and they, and they hear these things, they can get really creative. And it, it's, it may not always be a, a micro LED glass wall. Um, it might be projection mapping. It might, but, but the fact of the matter is, is that we're in this great spot right now with technology. There's so much cool stuff out there. That it um, that really allows this industry to shine because they can bring it to bear in a number of different ways.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Erica, you look at, at events or, or equipment like this, you look at, at um, materials like this. What are some of the first things that spring to your mind, both from a positive standpoint, but also from an engineering challenging uh, standpoint?
1: Honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is what happens if it breaks? (laughs) How specialized is the person going to be, have to be to fix it? How much is that going to cost me? Um, You know, what's the durability of it? You know, how long does it last? Is it going to burn up in the sunlight? Which direction do I need to have it facing? All of those kinds of things are, you know, we've had a couple TVs sitting in a, a window down in, in Manhattan. As you walk by, you can see our, our, digital signage slideshow, but it just cooks. And so I'd be curious to see the, the, the details of the technology on this and how, how well it would really last. Um, but that's a dream, but I, overall, I think it's awesome. I think it's, 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 it's super cool. I think it's going to, you know, no matter what, where we go from here, it, I, I hate the term "new normal." I don't want to say that, but where we go from here, things are going to be different. And the application of something like this in um, sports or multi-purpose entertainment areas, and you know, being able to use, the, utilize that outdoor space because you can't have so many people inside, it's going to be a game changer in those places. So I think it's going to bring a lot to the people, and it's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mr. McCormick, when you start looking at at events like or or products like this, you know what are some of the things that that you're looking at and and correlating it to uh, for your readers as way you know where's areas that they can put it into um, as soon as they get their hands on it.
2: I I think it's it's kind of one of those things that even ANC and and glam probably don't even know the possibilities for this. Uh, Brad kind of touched on it. You know the the idea. Of, of, you know, the, the customers are going to be the ones that, that kind of shape the direction of, of where it goes. I mean, who who thought the digital signage would turn into what it's become and become, you know, as present as it is in all these places that we never really thought about when, when digital signage first came out? Who thought that about projection mapping? I mean, look look at all the, the places that, um, you know, there's there's projection. So I, I think this is kind of the, the same sort of thing. We, we really have no idea where it's going to go. And, and I think that's kind of the most exciting part of it.
0: Yeah, th- this is a, a longer, longer conversation than we have here, but there is there's also a move within within the digital signage community to stop even calling it digital signage, right? Uh, to to move beyond that phrase uh, because they feel like it constrains it to you know a sixteen by nine uh, square square rectangle, sixteen by nine rectangle. All right, <laughs> Kate, you'll have the last word on this. You know whether it's it's embedded glass or it is. Projection mapping on water, like we saw um, during ISC uh, a couple of years ago. When it look, when you look at stuff like this, you know, and you start talking with with clients or in your cases, you know, um, dealers, what are some of the things that come into mind as as possibilities here?
3: I feel like the possibilities are endless. <laughs> I mean, there there really is. Um, we're seeing technology move so fast right now. Um, it'll be exciting to see the different. Types of projection mapping um, and digital signage. Uh, it'll be exciting to see to see where it goes from here. Um, I think the user applications are obviously going to be changing as all of, as our new normal. I hate that term too. Um, happens, but uh, I think this is just the beginning. After they work out, um, you know, the the small kinks of how it's going to be working and, um, you know, the replacement of the glass and all that. That was the first thing that I thought too was, you know, um, it a hundred thousand hours and I'm not that great at math, but if it's on high for 12 hours a day, it's about what, 20 ish years. Um, so what do you have to do? Do you have to replace the entire side of the building? Like after that, like what's next? But um, I can only imagine what the technology will be like in 20 years. Um, I couldn't do that math in my head,
0: so uh, (laughs) I'll go with 20 years. That sounds right. Ish. Um, (laughs) Ish. So, um, all right, really quickly before we get out of here, I I do want to put the link on here. uh, uh, Mitchell put the link to this. From Innovate on the Net, there's a couple of different areas you can get this, but um, Samsung, uh, the Samsung Advanced Institute of Technology, has has had a breakthrough in OLED uh, technology where they've gotten 10,000 pixels per inch. You have to see this picture to believe it. Um, And it's not for nothing. I just have a certain place in my heart for OLED. Uh, It is my favorite display technology. Uh, And the quote here is absolutely incredible. "Quote unquote, we've taken advantage of the fact that on the nanoscale, light can flow around objects like water. All right, that right there, you smart people, take that quote and go have some fun with it. I'm not smart enough to do it, but I'm, I'll be very curious to see what people uh, come up with from, from that. So, yeah, uh, me and Don Meade are the last two AV people that like OLED. So it's her and me on the on the hill. So, all right, y'all, thank you so much. Mr. Crab McCormick, thank you, buddy. You're welcome. Uh, how do people get a hold of you or commercial integrator? Um, they can...
2: Uh, reach me on Twitter at Craig McCormick. And uh, I, I want to promote that, uh, like you said, the Total Tech Summit is coming up in December. Um, and I encourage people to apply at totaltechsummit.com slash apply.
0: All right, very good. Check that out. Um, kate, very good to see you uh, virtually, although we got to hang out in Chicago and it was a fun time. Uh, kate Calderon, how do people find you?
3: You can find me on Twitter at TastefullyKate or you can shoot me an email at kate at KateCalderon.com.
4: All right, very good. Mr. Grimes, good to see you as always, sir. Good to see you all too. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely.
0: How do people connect with you if they are so inclined?
4: Uh, You can DM me on Twitter. That's probably the best way to reach me uh, uh, at bgrimesdc. I believe that's right. Craig, look that up. I believe that's right too.
0: That's it. You keep saying that and I keep questioning it and I don't check it before you get on here. So yeah, bgrimesdc sounds right. And if it's not, Blame, you know, tell that person you're sorry for DM. You know, that looks right. That is right. All right. Very good. And last but not least, Erica Williams. Thank you, ma'am, as always.
1: Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh,
0: How do people get a hold of you?
1: Uh, You can find me on Twitter at haircutfw, uh, or you can find me on LinkedIn, Erica Williams with the bright orange shirt. Uh, And don't forget to check out hendersonengineers.com and make sure that you vote.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, And if you're not following uh, Erica, you need to do so. So. The rest of the three of them too, but go follow Erica. Um, and yes, vote. We're recording this on Friday, uh, October thirtieth. Uh, as the time of this recording, you have about twenty-eight hours in the U.S. to vote. Uh, I don't really, I do care, but I don't care who you vote for. Uh, my favorite quote, um, at least from American history, is: uh, "I may not agree with what you have, uh, with what you say, but I will fight to the death your right to say it." Part of saying that is voting so uh if you need a ride call me um i don't care if you're not in st louis i'll find you a ride to, to, to go vote. so uh go go make your voice be heard so uh for us for av nation uh don't follow me on the twitters um matter of fact follow the rest of these four and and don't follow me uh because at this point in the season i am probably still cheering for the bears uh, but go by the website, if you would please, avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others, including our other weekly uh, that looks at the residential side of the AV industry. Also, while you're there, check out our supporter section. These are folks who help us financially, help us bring you AV Week and Resi Week. Uh, two things, uh, three things, two things of note to uh, about, about the website. Number one, by the time this posts, God help me if it's not, uh, our first ever, ever buying guide will be we have been posted. We call it the AV... Tech Bible, because that's what my marketing people thought it should be called. And oh my goodness, it is huge. Um, Yeah, like 1,500 product listings. So, um, And Mr. Grimes was was very gracious and and gave us uh, some of his uh, keen insights. So you can check that out, um, hopefully by Monday, uh, November 2nd. Uh, Also, uh, while you're there, uh, Craig's got his event in December. We have ours uh, along with Future on December 10th. Uh, called the AV Network Nation. Uh, they're avianetwork.com or avianation.tv. You put them together and you have AVN too. So you can check that out as well. So all that and more at avianation.tv. That's avianation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That is all the time we have for AV Week.